Luke chapter 2 is where we're going to be reading, and I'm going to uh, begin reading in verse 8. And if you're able to stand, please stand with us as we read the Word of God before we pray today. That's our custom here in our church. Uh, Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. The Bible says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, Jesus has just been born in Bethlehem and outside the city, out in the country. A group of shepherds are tending their sheep, and that's the scene that we read about here in verse 8. And verse 9 says, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. I would be too, right? I mean, you're out there in the dark night, you're watching sheep, you're not expecting an angelic visitor, and there this angel of the Lord appears, and the glory of God was shining. And verse 10 says, And the angel said unto them, to these shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host of angelic beings. A multitude of them appeared praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste. These shepherds came. With haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. I personally uh, really enjoy the Christmas season. I enjoy the food of Christmas. I'm out checked this morning. I've already added several pounds, and we're barely getting into the holiday season. I take it serious. I enjoy the music of the season. I enjoy a lot of the traditions of the Christmas holidays, the Christmas lights, etc. I enjoy get-togethers with friends and family at Christmas. We had 20 in our home of our senior saints this past week. Had a great time of Bible study and fellowship. It's all a part of just getting together the holidays. But most of all, I enjoy what we just read about today. The message of the season, which is the virgin birth, that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, that God became a man, that he came to this earth, the announcement here we read about to the shepherds. In this part, you know, sometimes we can make it weary during the holidays, but I never get weary of this part, and that's the message. It never gets old to us. And for me, it becomes more and more a meaningful part of each Christmas season. I want to direct your attention before I pray to the phrase in verse 10 where the angel said, 
I bring you good tidings of great joy. And I want to speak for a few minutes on that subject. Good tidings of great joy. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your word. We ask you to bless as we study your word today to together. Give us open minds, open hearts. Help us to be learners, to be eager to know more about you and your will for us. Work in our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. This was, in essence, the message that this angel brought to the shepherds. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Imagine, imagine such an announcement. I mean, we get real excited about, you know, birth announcements and when God adds a baby, adds one to our family, to someone that we care about or know. But imagine this birth announcement. The Savior was born today. And, and the language is very precise there in our text, verse, verse 11. It says, a Savior which is Christ the Lord. All three of those names are, are important. Savior means that He came to save us from our sins. He was born to be our Savior, not just the focus of an annual holiday, but He came to save us from our sins. And then the word Christ means he's the long-awaited promised Messiah, the anointed one that they knew would come. And then the word Lord, of course, is he's deity. He's not just a good man. This is God who came to be with us. This is Emmanuel, God with us. Good tidings of great joy, not just news, but good news. And it is good news, not just joy, but great joy. And so this, this original uh, celebration of the birth of Christ was joyous news. One of the reasons I think sometimes we miss the significance of it is we, don't, we can't relate to what these, these people in Israel knew, and that is that they were, they were expecting the Messiah. They had, they had been told for hundreds of years That he was going to come. This Savior would come to Israel. Not just hundreds of years, but thousands of years. They had longed for this. I mean, generations had been born. Children had been taught as little infants and children as they were learning from their parents as Jewish children that the Messiah is going to come. This great deliverer is going to come to Israel and they would be born and they would hear this story and they they would wait. I thought about this as is um, we were, the choir was singing, you know, about, about the fact that we're waiting for the Lord to come back. We're looking for the Lord to come back. And every day we ought to be looking for the Lord to come back. They were looking for the Lord to come the first time. Isaiah wrote these words 700 years before the birth of Christ. He said this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And then the next verse ends with these words, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Isaiah said it's going to happen. He didn't know exactly when it was going to happen, but it's going to happen. He's going to be born, and God's going to perform it. And all these centuries have gone by since Isaiah made this announcement. And this day now, in Luke chapter 2, this is what this announcement was all about. That Jesus Christ would come. 
And this is why there was such a, a jubilation, such joy, such celebration. In 1744, Charles Wesley took upon him the task of publishing a collection of songs for Christmas. And the collection was entitled, Hymns for the Nativity of Our Lord. And one of the new songs he had written, especially for the Christmas season, became very popular. It was, this was the title of it, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. Here's a part of the words to the song. Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins, release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. He wrote about this expectation that Jesus was going to come. And a good thing for us to know is this message was not just for the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. And it wasn't just for Israel. Look what he said in verse 10. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, not just those in Israel, not just those of Jewish heritage, not just these shepherds, but it was for all people. And as we think about what we really ought to be celebrating during this Christmas season, it's about this joyous message. You know, families focus on different aspects of this special time of the year, different things for different families, festivities that I mentioned earlier with family and friends and exchanging gifts. I can, I can look back in my mind to when I was a child and, and not really fully understanding all the things we're talking about today. It was still a special time of the year. I mean, you get out of school, that's got to be good. Get a few days off of work. Usually there's some holidays in there. And then you meet with family and you eat. And in my, when I, where I was raised, you eat, you watch football, you eat, you watch football. And, uh, and then there's some gifts exchanging. I mean, that's, that's the kind of memories that I had. And, um, and really, it is a special time. Now, I know there could be some bah humbugs among us. And if, there is, if you're here, then just please endure this. But, but there, you know, it's, it, it really is a time to focus on the birth of Christ. And I know some people really get into traditions. They really get into, um, it, took, it took our daughter, Tracy, about uh, 40 to 45 years or so on me to get me to where I'd ever watch It's a Wonderful Life all the way through because that's like a ritual for their family. And, um, and, and, she, and she's just loved it forever. I'm just not a movie person. But I, my wife and I this past week, we, we saw two enactments, two actually dramatic presentations about Christmas uh, movies. One was, it's a wonderful wife. I mean, a wonderful life. <laughs> and, the, and the other one is the Christmas Carol. And when I watch these things, uh, I think about George Bailey, you know, and, and this revelation really that he had that his life really mattered. What if you didn't live? And, and I don't really get into a lot of it. But when I'm sitting there, I'm thinking about the fact, this th- simple fact, that that's really a part of what this season is about, is to let people know that you do matter. God, your life does matter. And in the Christmas carol, you know, I can relate to some of the Bah Humbug parts of it, Ebenezer Scrooge. But when I watch that, 
and I've seen it now a couple of times, when I watch it, and I'm, I'm seeing the change, the transformation in his character to where he went from a person who had a disdain for Christmas to a person whose attitude was changed. And when I'm watching, I'm thinking about this, what I'm thinking about. You know, Jesus Christ changes lives. He takes us from being the way we are to the way he wants us to be. And I'm just saying all of this thrown together, it ought to be a time to really think about what Jesus Christ can do in our lives. And this message of the birth of Christ ought to drown out all these other traditions. I'm not saying that they're all wrong. I enjoy them as well. But this announcement of the birth of Christ, celebrating the fact that Messiah has come, celebrating the fact that the Savior has been born, I mean, this this ought to be good news for anybody. You know, every person with what I would call an awakened conscience, that means every person who's been able to see that they have that they need a Savior, that we've all sinned, that we've all broken God's law, that all of us before a holy God are sinners. We sometimes look at people and we categorize people. Those people are pretty good. Those people are not so good. Those people are some of the worst. Those people are from you know, countries where they're, they're not aware of truth. Those people are more enlightened. But I'm telling you, in the eyes of God, in the eyes of God, according to the Bible, God sees us all the same way. We've all broken God's law. We've all sinned against God, and all of us are in need of a Savior. Now, some people have this idea, well, if I just do better, if I could just get better, if I could be a better husband or wife, if I could be a better teenager, or if I could start going to church more, or if I could be more benevolent, then somehow God is going to look favorable upon that. But, and I'm not minimizing those things, but those things will never make us right with God. You can never in all of your life do enough good to make up for the fact that we have all sinned and our sin is not just against mama and it's not just against the legal system. Our sin is against God. And we need a Savior. And the good news is Jesus came to this earth to save sinners. He came to be the Savior. He came to be your Savior. He came to settle Your sin debt before God. Isn't that a wonderful thing to know? We ought to all celebrate that. This is really, I would call, the supreme act of condescension. To condescend means a person comes down. And and God came down to where we are. Holy God who has never ever sinned. The creator of everything that exists. He left the glories of heaven to come down to this earth inhabited by a world of sinners that he might redeem us. Isn't that good news? Good tidings of great joy. He left his lofty place in heaven. Not because he had to, but because he wanted to. This is the undeniably manifest, manifestation, manifestation or revelation of divine love. He loved us enough to die for us. Think about that. He knows us. He knows you. He knows me. And He knows we've missed the mark. Whether we even feel guilty about it or not, He knows it. And He loved us enough to die for us. He so loved us that He could not leave us the way we were. 
And there was no other solution. The sacrifice of animals couldn't take away our sin. The promise of good works could not take away our sin. There had to be a holy, pure sacrifice. And Jesus Christ is that sacrifice. Thank God for it. As a child, I would hear this story. I went to churches similar to this, and I'd hear this story, but it never really connected with me. I never really took it seriously. I never, I never made it a personal part of my life. But I'm telling you, now that, now that I've been saved, now that God has shown me not only the condition of my, myself, my sin, but also the sacrifice that had been made and the way to be saved. And it's not through religion, it's through faith in Jesus Christ. And the day that I trusted Him, He changed my life. What a wonderful, wonderful love. What a great story. Good tidings of great joy. Recently I read about the origin of the song, Do You Hear What I Hear? You familiar with that Christmas carol, Do You Hear What I Hear? It was, it was really one of the more recent written carols. It was written in the 1960s, 1962 to be exact. It was written by a couple who were in New York City. And this man, his name was Noah. Their last name, last name was Regney. His wife's name was Gloria. But he had, he, was, he had been asked to compose a song, publish a song, a new Christmas carol. He kind of was had an attitude, though, that was kind of... He was against all the commercialization of Christmas and stuff, and he wasn't really, couldn't get in the mood of it. But some of you may remember this, but that was the time of the, the Cuban Missile Crisis. And it was the early 1960s. And just briefly, the crisis, uh, Kennedy was our, John Kennedy was the president, and, and Mikhail Gorbachev was the president of the Soviet Union. And the Soviet Union had negotiated with the Cubans and Fidel Castro to put nuclear missiles in Cuba. And for the first time ever, we were under a severe threat of a nuclear attack here in America. Now, if you remember that, you could... I don't remember it. I was born at that time, but I don't remember it. But I've read about it and thought about it. But imagine what it'd be like. You know, sometimes we get really on edge because of the threat of the North Koreans or others who might have a, a nuclear weapon that could reach our, our soil here in America. But this, we're now we're talking about Cuba. The, the, the country was under great fear of what was going to happen. And there was a day when uh, Noah and his, the writer of this, Do You Hear What I Hear, was walking the streets of Manhattan when people were just gripped with fear. And as he did so, he noticed two mothers who were pushing these strollers, each one with one of their babies in the stroller in front of them. And he noticed these two babies that were just smiling and no hint of concern, just being babies. You know, not a concern about the nuclear crisis, not a concern about being bombed, not a concern about what's going on with the Cuban, on the Cuban soil. They were just not taken with the cares of this world or the threat of danger. And as he saw that, these words came to his mind. Said the little lamb to the shepherd boy, do you hear what I hear? And when he got home, he finished the song and his wife wrote the music to the song, do you hear what I hear? Here's some of the lyrics, some of the other lyrics of the song. 
Do you see what I see? Way up in the sky, little lamb, a star, a star dancing in the night. Do you hear what I hear? A song, a song high above the trees with a voice as big as the sea. The child, the child, sleeping in the night, he will bring us goodness and light. In other words, he was taken by the fact that in a world so full of noise and anxiety and fear and turmoil and hatred and and all these emotions that go along with it, that here it's possible to hear above all that noise. These little children weren't taken with all the drama with all the difficulties. Do you hear what I hear? And I think that's a relevant question for us to ask ourselves. You know, what are we really listening to? During the holiday season, are we just thinking about the material things? Are we just thinking about the social gatherings? Are we just thinking about opening gifts? Are we just thinking about the meal times we'll have? What are we really listening to? I'll tell you, there's so much noise in our day. Noise from the news, social media, noise of notifications on our phones, our devices, opinionated voices, negative voices, critical voices, advertisements that are just bombarding us to get our attention. What are we listening to? And I want to say to you this morning that in spite of all the negativity and all the cynicism that abounds in our culture... There's still good tidings of great joy. And they're not found in a political party. And they're not found in just our political freedom. And I appreciate that. But they're found in salvation through Jesus Christ. If we listen, if we discipline ourselves and determine to do so, if we listen, we can hear the joyful news that those shepherds took in on that dark countryside outside of Bethlehem. We can can appreciate the message of the incarnation. And for a person who may not know the Lord, this is a wonderful time of the year to think about what Jesus Christ has done for us. That He came to die for us. He came to give us hope. He came to give us a home in heaven. He came to give us the forgiveness of sins. All sins. Sins that we know about, but sins that other people may not know about. Sins that we may not even be aware of. He came to forgive us of all of our sins. I'm telling you, there's nothing in life more important than knowing that our sins are forgiven. And that's only possible through Jesus Christ. Do you hear what I hear? Are we listening? Are we listening to the profound truths of the Word of God? Are we listening to God's opinion or just the opinions of men? There's no better time to me to meditate on the the prophecies and the fulfilled promises of the Word of God than this particular season. And listening to the words of the music. I, I sang them so often as a child. You, you know, you sing things, sing things and you hear things so much that they sort of lose their meaning. But when you stop and listen to them, joy to the world. The Lord has come. 
Let earth receive her king. What an what important message to consider. We sang it a moment ago. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to our newborn king. Come and behold him. Born the king of angels. Oh come let us adore him. Christ the Lord. And I want to encourage you today. That there is good news. You don't always read it in the papers if you still read a paper. You don't always hear it on the news. I'll tell you, all you have to do is pick that phone up or look on the internet. and A lot of it's negative, negativity. A lot of it's negative. Gloom and doom. And I'm not, I don't think we ought to stick our head in the sand and be ignorant about what's going on in our world. But I want to tell you today, there's good tidings of great joy. And they're found in the truth. Not in just listening to prognosticators and pundits, but to listen to what God said. What does God say? I want to tell you there's good tidings of great joy. It's not found in the gifts under the trees. And again, I'm not preaching against gifts. I'm just saying we ought to focus on the greatest gift, and that's Jesus Christ and the salvation he provides. The gift of eternal life. A lot of you know me very well. Some of you I met for the first time today. But I want to tell you today, I know me. And I know today that if I got what I deserved, I wouldn't be going to heaven. And there's only two places people are going to spend eternity. And eternity is a long time. It's forever. One of them is a place the Bible calls heaven. It's where God is. And it's where people go who know the Lord in a personal way, who've been saved, who've been born again. The other place is a place called hell. It's a horrible place. The Bible says it wasn't even made for man. It was made for the devil and his angels. And I know we look at each other and pat each other on the back and stuff, and we say, oh, you know, he's a pretty good old guy. He's a good guy. You know, there's a good man. But I'm telling you, none of us are really good enough. All of us are sinners. And if I got what I deserved when my heart beats for the last time and I breathe my last breath, if I got what I deserved, I'd go straight to hell because I've sinned against God. I've, I've been rebellious and stubborn and self-willed and disobedient. But one day I heard the good news, and that is that Jesus died on a cross for my sins and your sins and the sins of the whole world. No church can give eternal life. No church can offer forgiveness of sin. It's only in a person. Jesus said, I am, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now hear these next words. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me there's only one way to heaven, and that's Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you today, that's good news. It's good news if you've never heard it, it's good news if you've heard it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. It's still good news. The hope of a home in heaven. The promise of forgiveness of sin. The promise of a relationship with God in this life. Where we can sing from our heart, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry Everything to God in prayer. What a, what a joy it is. What good news that is. 
to have the life-changing presence of Emmanuel, God with us, with us throughout our lives. There's good news today. Good news for every lost sinner. Good news for every wayward prodigal. And it ought to make us humble. It ought to make us broken, as Brother Ross was singing earlier. It ought to make us rejoice that God would love us so much. I would encourage you to let that message captivate your mind and captivate your heart during this holiday season. But I would urge you to let that message grip your heart today. Maybe you're here today and you're thinking, that's what I need. I need to be forgiven of my sins. I need to be saved. Jesus said you must be born again. And you can only be born again by coming to Jesus Christ in repentance and faith. And today could be that day for you. When you receive Christ as your Savior, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And I'd urge you to do that today. Just a moment, we're going to have the piano playing and And if you're here today and you come here all the time or you come here occasionally, or maybe this is your very first time to come, you don't have to come so many times before you can take advantage of the message. And the message is God loves you and Jesus died for you and you can be forgiven by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's good news. And by the way, we shouldn't keep it to ourselves. You know, it says this, the last verse I read about these shepherds, that after they saw Jesus, it says, they made known abroad the sayings which were told them concerning this child. They began to tell other people. We ought to tell other people what Jesus means to us, what Christ means to us.